up and up and up. Have a look at this one. That is a Hello and welcome back to The Back Pocket, where I am, for a change, not joined by Alastair, and I'm joined by a man who, when I was growing up, needed no introduction, a 2002 and 2008 club leading goal scorer, 2002 leading goal scorer in one of the highest scoring teams in the comp as an undersized forward, and a 2008 leading goal scorer in a season where you only managed 12 games, which are uh, not too bad. Um, it is the one and only Brett Birdman Burton. Brett, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me. No, um, really do appreciate it. Now, this is a show about defenders, of course, um, who were likely the bane of your existence for a few years there. <laughs> um, though I think it's fair to say on the other end, um, there was probably a few defenders that you gave headaches over a six or so year period there. So I'm sure we can find a middle ground to talk about. Um, but I wanted to go back to kind of the start. You um, you were Woodford West Torrens, I think you came through with, with Sample, um, did a couple of the year, years there, mature age. But did you follow Adelaide growing up for your roots? Or? I, I did, yeah. yeah. No, we, um, my parents uh, and my uh, my siblings, my, uh, I've got a twin sister and older brother, we uh, we were um, kind of uh, founding members of, of the Crows. And so, you know, when they come into the competition, uh, Back in uh, well, 1991 was their first year. We were we were season ticket holders, and so we uh, we remained uh, season ticket holders. Um, well, well, certainly my family uh, were until the end of my career. Um, but um, I went to the the 98 grand final, and uh, the 97 one I was actually playing in a an under 19 grand final that time, so I couldn't go. But yeah, 98 grand final was there with uh, my family, and and then at the end of uh, well, a couple months later, I got drafted to the Crows. So it was a, a bit of a, you know, a dream to not only, uh, you know, play uh, or get drafted into the AFL, but to go to the team that uh, I supported as uh, as a young fella. So, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it must have been pretty surreal for like 19, 20-year-old you coming through, not getting there the first couple of years, and then months after seeing a grand final, being in that same side as those kind of players. Yeah, it was definitely. You're right. It was. It was certainly surreal. It was. It was very. Um. You know. Uh. It changed very quickly for me. Um. Yeah. Most uh, guys, as you know, when they get drafted, they're drafted at the age of 17, 18. You know, straight out of um out of finishing school and and uh, you know typically playing in um. You know, in those elite junior programs, or if you're playing in, in South Australia or Western Australia, you're playing you know SNFL league footy. But I was um. You know, a late developer. I was only five foot eight until I was nineteen, and um, you know, playing in a permanent four pocket um, in the in the under 19s team at uh, with the West Torrens, and uh, you know, couldn't even get a gig in the reserves, let alone the league. Uh, and, you know, if you're any good, you're playing league footy by the time you're seventeen. Um, you know, when you're in the SNFL, um, and then literally had a growth spurt and, and went from five foot eight to six foot in one off season, and. Um, I had a running background, and so uh, you know, I was uh, able to 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 when I went out to to senior training, um, yeah, you know, win all the runs, um, you know, the preseason runs, and and uh, had a coach, uh, Mark Micken at the time, who rewarded uh, you know people were you know working hard, and and so yeah, um, he played me in the in the first uh, you know trial game in in uh, in league footy and at Centre Ford, and and then yeah, the rest was history. I had a, had a good year at Centre Ford in the league team, and and got drafted at the end of that year, so. Um, was a really quick transition from you know playing under 90s footy and, and not even be anywhere near playing AFL, let alone uh, league footy. And was it? Uh, I have to ask, being a, a defence podcast, was it forward all the way for you, or were you midfield or anything else growing up? Um, I was midfielder growing up, yeah. So I was, uh, you know, uh, junior footy and uh, and and in in and under and and uh, but I was quite light. And so when I when I got to that under, you know, seventeen under nineteens, where where you know typically guys are starting to to grow into um, you know being uh, adults, um, uh, you know, I was too small, um, you know, to to play forward. And, and I know, you know, I was yeah, sixty five kilos ring and wet. So um, yeah, I wasn't there wasn't much of me. Um, so I played permanent four pocket and as a crumbing forward and. Um, 
you know, even the fact that, uh, you know, because you were crumbing forward, you were taught not to mark and, you know, and, and, and just get to get to the front and square, as, as the coaches said that in those days. But, um, you know, growing up, I, uh, you know, at school, as we did, um, you know, those days, and uh, we played marks up every lunchtime, every recess time. So, um, you know, I finally got my opportunity to, um, you know, bring marking to my game when I, I got drafted, uh, or sorry, when I got went into the league side, and, um, and that's how it kind of happened from there. Yeah, I, that's kind of crazy to think, considering obviously you copped the um, Birdman moniker quite early on, mm. um, based on that high marking, um, probably fairly with the way you flew at the footy. Um, God knows how many mark of the year contenders won it one year. I think it was 2009 um, from yes. from yeah. memory. Yep. Um, a lot of people don't love nicknames they're given outside of club footy. Um, I'm thinking like Glenn Maxwell with the Big Show and those kinds of people. But did you enjoy that one? Oh, look, it was it was it was funny, wasn't it? You know, because again, we 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 tend to you know um, get our nicknames for our mates, you know, and and so it's you know there's there's some meaning behind it, and uh, you know it's got some emotive connection to it. So it was a, a little bit weird. It was a, I can't even think of the commentator now, but it was a, a commentator on Triple M in, in my first year uh, that uh, coined the, the the nickname Birdman, and it just stuck. Um, and so um, you know my uh, my mates uh, you know call me Bird or Berts uh, and, and that kind of thing, but I'm uh, certainly uh, Got used to the word, uh, or so the nickname Birdman, and and look, it's fine. You know, I've, I've gotten used to it, and um, and happy with it over time. Does it does it stick around now, or is it uh, faded away a bit? Oh no, no, it definitely sticks around now. So yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, living in Adelaide, uh, you know, um, a lot of people won't even, you know, don't even know me by my my, my full name. So um, you know, when when they when they, sometimes you you go to somewhere and they'll go, oh, did you know you play for footy? And you'll say, yeah, yeah. And they say, what's your name? And you'll say, you know, Brett Burton. And they'll go, oh, okay. And then someone else will pop up and go, his, his nickname's Birdman. They go, oh, right, yeah, okay. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely uh, I'm definitely known by that uh, that um, that nickname still. And um, yeah, like I said, it's all good. No, that's cool. Um, you mentioned to me before this chat um, that Craig Bolton and Darren Glass were two of the hardest defenders you played on. Um, Darren Glass, no surprise, I think, especially living in WA. Uh, yeah. We've heard about him endlessly for years, but I love seeing Craig Bolton in there because I feel like for a bloke who was a captain and a, a dual Australian, a premiership player, most people who aren't Swans fans would probably have drifted to the back of memory, but um, was an incredible footballer. But in your mind, what made specifically those kinds of players that hard to play against? Well, it was just a discipline, you know. That they, they, they just, uh, you know, they just stuck to their role, and 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 clearly they they weren't concerned about, um, you know, getting on the end of the footy and 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 running off and that kind of stuff. They were literally there to, um, you know, um, mitigate the the forward and and um and just uh, they couldn't care less if they got one kick or 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 twenty kicks. They they literally just were like, I'm going to shut this guy down, and and that's my role as a defender. And and they were called, you know lockdown defenders or shutdown defenders and, and that was the role they played so it was just um their ability to just stick to the task and 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 be disciplined with that was the hardest thing because as a forward you know you know you got a defender on you but there's defenders that play you tight and there's defenders that want to run off and get the ball and you know, used to love the defenders that wanted to run off and get the ball because that just provides you time and space and, and to do your thing so uh, and being a marking forward you know you wanted to be able to run and jump at it, and and those guys just took that ability away. You know, they, they just um you know just played you tight, and so you didn't have that ability. So that's why they were um that's why they were so hard to play against. But they were also you admired them because they just stuck to the task. Yeah, and I feel like that kind of players come back into vogue a bit more in the last few years, especially with the drafting patterns, that kind of thing. Just an actual lockdown backman, which is good to see um, from my perspective because there's nothing I enjoy more than a, a brutal spoil. Um. On the other side of the coin, you don't have to answer this one, but were there any teams or players you came up against where you knew you'd have a better day out? Um, like a certain bloke would be lining up on you, just feel, oh, yeah, we've got a few here today. 
Yeah, yeah, there was definitely, you know, I won't mention names because I, look, I'm, I'm in wellbeing these days, so I, I always like to make sure we look after people and, and help people feel good. So I won't name names, but there, there's definitely players that you you know, you, you, you played against and you went, oh, I know the way he plays. And, and, and as I said, as a forward, if they, you know, they wanted to run off, then uh, particularly if they were younger, then you, you back yourself in to go, well, I've got the experience, I've got the, the knowledge to be able to go, know where to run in a position and how to get, you know, get out the back and uh, and, and get it on the end of it. So um, they were typically the, the players that you uh, you enjoyed playing against. Um, and, and also from, you know, in my early days, um, and footy, you know, changed a lot over my career, but at early days, my, you know, uh, strength was my running ability. And so I used that to my advantage. And so if I had a big guy on me, I would know that he typically wouldn't be able to run all day. And so that was, uh, you know, um, you know, just being able to, I guess, put him to the sword and, and run as much as you can. And that was back in, you know, in those early you know, early 2000s, mid 2000s, there wasn't a lot of rotations back then. And so it, it was literally a one-on-one -on -one contest. And so if you had the ability to be able to work your, your opponent over, then you could, you know, go up against him. Whereas uh, nowadays it's obviously, you know, you don't play on one player for a long period of time. It's just the rotations happen and, and you're getting changed a lot. Yeah, no, it's interesting you talk about the running and the that kind of thing. And obviously you were a high running player and moved into performance management after that too. Um, and a lot of Adelaide fans I know would obviously talk about the amount of years you missed half or so games through injury and that kind of thing. Is that half of what pushed you in there or into that kind of area or? Uh, I actually I actually started studying uh, high performance sport before I got drafted. And so I was, I was on that pathway. Okay. And, and again, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason, but I, I wouldn't change the fact that I got drafted later because it enabled me to already do two years at university, and so kind of set up that um, you know that the that foundation in terms of study. Um, and so I, I always love sport and and uh, you know the kind of understanding well why do things happen and the science behind it. So that's what uh, started me on that pathway. Um, and you know and then being across my career, just um, you know having the ability to be able to review well how do we do this better, and and that was the, the high performance aspect uh, I always enjoyed and so it kind of leads me into what I was going to ask you next so you you did went straight on a performance manager at Brisbane after your career ended you were the players association president I think the year before that um, and so you moved on to work with the bloke who took over from you and Luke Power but across that and obviously being in the players association in a pretty busy year with the um, free agency coming in around that time the Dockland yeah. surface the yeah. as a Geelong fan I remember the uh, Ablett billboard being a big one as well yeah. um you'd have been involved in a lot of blokes around the comp um who were some of the most genuine you know nicest blokes you dealt with was a question I probably have yeah well, I think uh, you know most most people are pretty good and and um you know there's it, um obviously some people that give up more of their time and and to be able to support and uh, others that um you know Luke Power was definitely you know he's one of those guys you know Matthew Pavlich um you know we had a, a, a lot of Craig Bolton those kind of guys a lot of guys that um you know uh, I guess gave up their time to be involved with the players association and and actually help um you know um ensure that the collective bargaining agreement and um you know our, our conditions as as players was uh, was fair and, and equitable so um a lot of good players in footy and, that, and that's you know one of the, the main reasons we play sport isn't it at any level it's about that community and about um you know creating those friendships and and doing things as a team so uh, yeah lots of good people met through footy and, and lots of those relationships that uh, i've still got today yeah absolutely and we talked about earlier you came into that adelaide side straight after premiership which was a side that had some ridiculous names in it thinking about cloud prosciutto goodwin um, who was the most just like oh, Rashida had a bit of both, but who was the most ridiculous kind of raw talent player you played with in that side? 
Uh, Darren Jarman. Darren Jarman was, you know, by far the, the, the most talented. He was just, he was just a freak, you know. I mean, Andy McLeod was 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 not far behind him. Andy McLeod could do things on a footy field that, um, you know, not many people could do. And you know, you don't win uh, two Norman Smith medals without uh, having had an unbelievable talent. But Darren Jarman, in terms of freakish skills and ability to kick a goal from anywhere uh, off one step, he, he was the most skillful player that I ever played with. Um, and you know, I was lucky enough to have him as a, as a forward coach and a goal kicking coach after he retired and um you know taught me a lot of things about um you know how to uh, how to be able to form the ball and, and how to be able to kick at goals and um yeah he was just uh, an out and out um superstar yeah no worries and of the two awards you won you won the rising star and the mark of the year post career is mark of the year more special or is rising star still probably a better award to have won uh, oh look, I think that you know I, I I used to enjoy that the the mark of the year is is um you know it's uh, marking is is a part of our game that I guess inspires your teammates. It's 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 uh, inspirational for people watching. It's it's a part of the game that we we all love to watch as fans, and it's something that you know doesn't happen in any other uh, sporting um you know competition in the world it's it's really unique to the game of australian rules football so uh, i think that's you know uh, i come runner up to other times and, and had a fair crack at uh, you know getting some um you know some opportunities to have a a mark of the year nomination so i think that's probably the most enjoyable part for me and it was and and i won it off the back of you know coming back from an acl at the age of 30 and and so it was it was finally it was great just to, to win one in the end and um and not be the, the runner up um and and just it's just an enjoyable part of the game yeah fair enough i had a couple of writing questions as well um from a couple of adelaide fans as it were because i thought they'd yeah. been people who have the most questions yeah um one asked about the 2002 semi-final um against melbourne which you got forced to go play at the mcg despite it being supposed to be a home game which yeah picked up in brisbane again a couple of years later yeah um and beat melbourne in a classic of like 130 odd to 110. how would you remember that game and what game do you remember probably the most fondly from yeah. your career yeah, I do remember that game. It was it was it was such a you know a swinging of momentum. It was uh, you know it was played on a I'm pretty sure it was on a Friday night at the at the G, and it was um you know it was high scoring game as as the score suggested. But I remember you know us uh, us being behind and hitting the front, and then you know and then Melbourne going bang 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 and kicking a few goals, and then us kicking a, a few late, and it was just this you know we don't we don't have to see a shootout like that in uh, in AFL footy, particularly in finals now. And so I just remember it being you know super exciting um and um you know a big crowd obviously at the g and and melbourne following so that was um i do remember that result and uh you know i think uh, unfortunately we lost to uh i think the, the week after to collingwood in front of uh, which is the biggest crowd i've ever played in front of i think it was 90 odd thousand at the g um in the in the prelim final um and unfortunately lost that one but um yeah the, the, those finals at uh, the mtg were just uh you know just unbelievable because they're just huge crowds and, and really loud um the most memorable final uh, i played was probably that collingwood one again just for the the um the, the just the sheer uh you know noise uh, you know collingwood at the g in front of 90,000 people was just deafening and you just, you literally couldn't hear a bloke five meters away from you. It's just it's just so loud. Um, and so that, whilst we lost that, and unfortunately uh, we lost three prelims across uh, my career. We lost two to West Coast, and uh, uh, in 05 and 06 when we were you know um, finished minor premiers one year, and I think we finished second or third the year the year after, and just. You know, Sydney was our, our team that we kept on, you know, beating in in uh, the, the minor round. But we West Coast was our bogey team, and um, and we just kept on meeting them in the prelim, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, 
2002 was probably the most memorable uh, final experience. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you mention the eight year. I think it was 05. I was looking at it earlier because this week was the first week I think we've ever had the first week of finals. No Melbourne teams have won one. Um, but I wondered if there was ever a year it was no Victorian teams in a prelim, and that was the only year because it yeah. was. Yeah, you guys copped West Coast, and then I think on the other side of the draw it was uh, Port and Sydney on the other Sydney. side. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was just a full draw of um, you know non-Victorian teams, which I love to see over here because yeah. <laughs> um, you know it's <laughs> I get into constant arguments about what records should start from when with the AFL versus the yeah. VFL. But um, <laughs> yeah, another those before. Another question we had was, um, so I mentioned in, in 05 and 06, um, you and Marty Matner were used a lot um, on the wing and in the midfield and then kind of both dropped up to separate ends of the ground the following yeah. season. Was that more due to a, a lack of need in the midfield the next year or more of a need up the ground and down the ground the next year? Yeah, that was just a, a need up the ground, unfortunately, you know, for, 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 you know, in terms of uh, my strengths, uh, as I said, I, you know, I had a running background, so, you know, fitness was uh, was my strength and um, you could obviously mark as well. And and, and and so it was just out of necessity. I think I was, the, you know, the second tallest uh, forward that we had at six foot, which is is not a, you know, I was playing centre forward at six foot, which is, is uh, very small, but giving the the marking ability, that's um, where, where the team needed me. Um, but I, I love playing on the wing because, the wing allowed me that freedom to be able to run and, and utilise my fitness and, and be able to work an opponent over and, and you could float forward and back. So I certainly feel as though I played my best footy on the wing, but, um, you know, you've got to go to where the team needs you. Um, and so I ended, uh, you know, majority of my, uh, the second half of my career was uh, was up forward. And, and Marty Matner, yeah, that was just a, as a, um, you know, he, he he played a bit on the wing, but, um, you know, he was a very good, I think he was an All-Australian uh, defender yeah, for, for Sydney. Yeah, really good defender yeah, in the end. Yeah, and played, uh, you know, All-Australian and, and, and in a premiership side at Sydney as well. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all of my questions. The only one I'll probably drop on you, um, I'll, I'll probably give you two more. One is, do you have a tip for the premiership from here? Um, I thought, I think... I think uh, you know Geelong are, are going to do it. I, I, they've obviously had question marks on them in terms of finals and, and particularly the MCG. But um, I think their ability to overcome um, you know Collingwood uh, uh, on Saturday night was um, was a big step forward for them. Obviously, get uh, you know the monkey off the back. Um, you know, typically, you see that the top teams. Yeah, you know, and I know it's a, t- a close top four this year. But uh, I, I really thought going into the finals that Melbourne would be the, the team uh, because they've been there and done it and. Um, but they've just, um, you know, when the pressure's come, they just haven't quite, um, you know, stood up as, as well as they've stood up last year. So I think Geelong are, um, yeah, my favourites at the moment. I'll take that. With a, I'll take that pretty happily. Um, yeah. And the last one to bring it back to the fact that we do talk about defenders a lot here. Yeah. If you were to pick one to build a team around today, whether it be a key or small defender, who would you take? Uh, out, out of who's playing today, or, in, or in, a, any any any, any player currently listed, or any yeah. defender, you can go both if you want. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, any defender? Look, I think in today's game, I think uh, Stephen May just stands out. You know, like he's got that ability to be able to be hard, hard to play against, and but also that ability to be able to be attacking as, as well. Um, you know, he just uh, he, he's got an unbelievable ability to to be able to shut down, and obviously did it well on, well on the weekend with uh, Franklin, but also takes a mark as well. You know, um, yeah. so it's probably. Between him and and uh, you know West Coasters uh, Jerry McGovern, you know again he's just a you know ability to be able to um, shut down someone, but also um, generate the, uh, the the offense. Um, and I think if I had to go back over over the journey, look, I think it's hard to go past someone like a Steven Silvani, you know, who just um, yeah he just uh, he was just an an absolute uh, you know legend in, 
and uh, in, in his time and, and just had that freakish ability to be able to shut down someone, but also, um, yeah, utilise the ball as well. Yeah, we've already got one of our medals named after him um, yeah. on the cast here for the best defender. I yeah. uh, went to try, we tried to make like a shield for um, the best team, so the best defensive yeah. team for the year. So this year it was Melbourne Just. Um, and I was looking for who to name that after. And the defensive yeah. coach of the best team of the year was also um, Silvani at St Kilda in 2009. So oh, he kind of does it? everything in that regard. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's a pretty respectable answer. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> um, Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah. It's been a pleasure. No worries and, at all. Um, I, yeah. Cheers. I'll catch you later. Yeah, thanks very much for your time, Jack. Appreciate it. And uh, and uh, respect, full respect to all the defenders out there. It's not an easy job and uh, it's an unheralded job, but they do a bloody good job. So well done. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jack. See you, mate. He sizes them up. Here's the goal. Okay. A massive thank you again to Brett Burton for joining us. Um, took a little bit of time out of his day to chat to a uh, podcast about people who made his life misery for six years. Um, yeah, really appreciate it. Really good for a chat. I wouldn't say to get used to it uh, because that kind of came out of the blue for us and, and for you. But we hope you enjoyed it. Um, it's a bit of content outside of our regular programming that's a bit of fun and uh, I don't know when we'll see you next whether it be next year or after the finals but hopefully the rest of the finals shapes up as good as this week was because that was absolutely fucking awesome um, but until next time see you later